Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Rachel Hollis podcast. I'm Rachel Hollis. That feels sort of obvious, but just in case you were confused, this week I am going to dig into a topic that feels incredibly important for those of you who are entrepreneurs, you've got a side hustle, you've got a small business, or you just want this to be the year that you are actually going to do the thing. You're actually going to create the podcast. You're actually going to write the book. You're actually going to get it done. Today, we're talking about productivity. Specifically, I want to share a teaching that I did in a recent coaching session where I explained how I figured out what to focus on in my business. I talk about the 80-20 principle and how to get laser sharp direction on what is going to produce the most results. Because here's the thing, whenever we're trying to chase down a dream or build upon a goal, it's really easy to work super hard but not make any traction. I don't know if you've ever done that where you've gotten to the end of a year and you're like, dang, I worked my butt off, but I didn't actually achieve any of the stuff I set out to. I think that happens because we work really hard, but we work hard on things that don't actually matter. So today I'm going to share all about how to figure out what to do next. What is the next right thing that's going to take your dream, your goal, your business to the next level? Also, just want to make sure you know about what's coming up later this week because I'm so excited. On my other podcast, Your Faves Faves, I'm interviewing Brad freaking Paisley, you guys. And he's talking all about his favorite women in country music. And it was such a fun conversation. And I know you're going to dig it as much as I do. So make sure you check that out. It premieres on Thursday this week. But until then, here is I hope a really helpful lesson about how to get productive. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. The first part is knowing where it is you want to go. Second part is knowing what's it actually going to take you to get there. I can do this all day. I can be like, if I don't eat, if I don't parent, if I don't shower or shave, if I, you know, cause I get these grandiose, I'm like, I'm going to write six books before January, right? Could I do it? Yes. Is it worth what it would cost me? No. So you have to start with what's it going to take. And now we can make a realistic assessment of, do I want to bring that number down a little bit? Do I want to pull this back in a certain way? Do I, because some of us are in seasons where, yeah, we can go, we can go all in. Maybe you're an empty nester, right? Maybe your last bird just flew out of the nest. 
She's in college. She's rushing her sorority. We will pray for her, right? But you've got some time on your hands. So you're able to go super hard on the business that you have because you have more free time. And maybe someone else, you've got a one-year-old. And so this isn't the season where you're going to be able to go and sprint as hard as you wish that you could. But at least now you know what's possible and we can make a more um, informed assessment of what we want to do by the end of the year. As a business owner, I'd approach it in two ways. One, I'd get real hardcore about money because frankly, yeah. that's what matters to me, right? And then I think, okay, what does steady mean? So steady to me means that regularly people are coming every single time. We've got that consistency. I think email list is a fantastic way to do that. I want you to associate the word steady with the word automation. Steady, automation. Automation, if you're not super familiar with digital marketing, are what are things that you can schedule in advance that you can batch your work, which we're gonna talk about in a minute, and you don't have to actually pull the trigger to make that email go. Brie could go in and do six weeks worth of emails for her audience, automate it. She just was like, calm down, Rachel. She could though, she could batch her work, she could schedule it, and then she doesn't have to think of email at all for the next six weeks, but she's got something steady that's going out to her community. So by focusing in on the results, to me, it's like this, like, oh, I'm working on the wrong things. I want to talk about the 80-20 principle before we go further. Um, this is something that has been around forever. Is everyone familiar? It's okay if you're not. Some people, great. Lots of people are not. Thank you for your honesty. The 80-20 principle has been, it's also called Pareto's principle. Like it's just been around forever. There's a bajillion books on it. I brought the book that I first read on it back in the day. It's literally called the 80-20 principle, um, Richard is the, there you go. If you want to go read this, I'm going to, you can absolutely buy this book, but this principle is easy enough that you are going to be able to get it really easily. And you don't need to dig into this book unless you just really want to, because honestly, again, that's kind of another thing. One of the pitfalls I fall into with productivity is research. I can research the crap out of something. So better just listen to mom. I'll tell you what it means. You don't need to read the book. Um, but I do want to read just a little snippet of this because it's kind of the Cliff's, Cliff's Notes version of what 80-20 principle is. <clears throat> the 80-20 principle asserts that a minority of causes, inputs, or effort usually lead to a majority of the results outputs or rewards taken literally. This means that for example, 80% of what you achieve in your job comes from 20% of the time that you spend. So a good bench benchmark for this imbalance is 80% of outputs result from 20% of inputs. 80% of consequences flow from 20% of causes. That's why, it's why at the beginning of the year when we talked about profit, I talked about Pareto's principle a lot. I promise you that if you went through your P&L and you looked at what, what makes you money, we all have all sorts of offerings, right? 20% of what you offer to your customers or your clients makes up 80% of your profit. 20% of what you spend your time on is actually 80% of the results that you're looking for. And why that matters is because if you can identify the 20% and you put all your effort into the 20%, your business will explode. Like you don't even know what happens. You wanna you want know my 20%? When I figured this out, 
three years ago. What's my 20%? It's writing. When I write, it's my thing. If I write a book, if I write a post, if I put, if I write, if I spend the majority of my time writing, everything explodes. And I am telling you, if you went back in my Amazon cart and you looked at when I bought this, you would find that it was a year before I wrote Girl, Wash Your Face. Like a year before Girl, Wash Your Face came out. When I was like, oh, I'm doing the thing, I'm marketing, I'm making the blog, I'm what, I'm this, I'm that, I'm whatever. And then I, I had to step back. It's, it's, it's very similar to the book, The One Thing. Y'all read The One Thing by Gary Keller, an incredible book. It's the same idea. What's the one thing that if you put your time and energy into that, everything else becomes obsolete because you did this thing and people hesitate on this because they're like, wait, the other stuff matters, right? Like I got to pay the bills. I got to make sure the toilet's clean. Okay. Yes. I wish this was a perfect world. We could snap our fingers and all of a sudden you get to put a hundred percent effort into that thing. It's not the reality, but do you know the exponential results you would have if you even put 50% of your effort into this? If you just got more focus, see right now, there are those of you who are like, I got to post on Pinterest. I got to put the thing on Instagram. I got to send out the email. I got to, and if you step back and ask yourself, what is actually working in my community? It's hard for people because they're like, oh dude, what's actually working is email, not Instagram, not Facebook, not LinkedIn, not Pinterest. But everybody says that social media matters. No, dude, it's about what is effective for your business. How have you gotten the most clients to come into your space? Speaking. Speaking. Speaking so, engagement. Speaking engagement. Yes. So when she has speaking engagements, which by the way, 75 people are like, where's the space? How do I, I'm interested, right? <laughs> so like, lot, so it's a thing. Yeah. And the, do you, do y'all follow Sharice Jones? Yes. You guys know Sharice Jones? Cherise at Sassy Jones Boutique's become a very sweet friend of ours. Love her to death. She is killing, killing social media as a personality. And here's the thing. So, oh, do you? Perfect. She's amazing and so pretty. It hurts my feelings. Um, so for, for something like that, like you said, speaking engagements. And what I immediately thought of is how do you tap into a bit of what Cherise is doing Turn on, I don't have a phone. Turn on your phone and start speaking to the world. Yeah. Start, you know, go live. Like, I ugly cried the other day. Great, perfect. <laughs> right? But like, how <laughs> do you, you, instead of like, because maybe email's great, yeah. but if you're like, no, dude, I know that when it's me, because this was Sharice's thing, she used to try and use models. And she's like, but when I put on the necklace, when I put on the sunglasses, people bought. Don't fight the power, man. Like if it's working, just do the thing that works. Okay, so, sorry, I get really excited about this topic. So 80-20 principle, I just wanted to touch on that so that you guys would consider what's the one thing that you could be doing right now that would give you more results. Usually in business, I think the result that you're looking for is financial. So I go through my P&L and I say, what are those things? What are those brands? What are those products that brought in the most profit, not revenue, profit, not revenue. If you're not familiar with the differences, go back and rewatch coaching from January. We got all into profit versus revenue. So you start by identifying what is bringing you the most profit. That's your 20%. And then you go hard on those things. And if that didn't answer your question, explain to me 
why you're confused about what your 20% is. If you're just starting a business or you're unsure, the 80-20 thing doesn't necessarily apply to you yet, and that's okay. You're gonna have to go through the steps that we all go through when we start a business. So focus on the ones that are most important, right? So um, again, I always ask this question, like you could, isn't someone here in the new stages, newbie stages? Yeah, so you're, okay, so you're new. So when we're starting a business, we're like, I need a website, I need email, I need this, I need, and all of those things take so much time. Really, what you need to be in business is to make money. So the question is to ask yourself, what is necessary for me to get clients, to bring in customers? Do I need the product to sell? Do I need the space for them to come into? Do I need a website? Do I need a portfolio? Your list when you start out is going to be a little bit longer than some of us who've been in business for a while who can really narrow in. But you can identify what's going to get you further faster. And that's like, what will actually help me make money right away? Okay, so we talked about the distractions that are unavoidable. Lots of you talking about, yeah, I got some kids up in this house. Of course, those are a gift. Those distractions are such a gift. You have to know what's gonna throw you off. Because we can get all excited about productivity and have a plan when we walk out of here today, but then all of a sudden these things pop up and if you're not prepared for them, it will take you so much longer to get back on track. Before we jump into roadmap, I thought it would be helpful if I talked to you about how I personally am the most productive. I made this up this morning. Let's pretend it's a real thing. I think you, when it comes to productivity, you are either a scalpel or a meat cleaver. <laughs> I am a meat cleaver, okay? When I think of a scalpel, I think of something that does very intricate work a little at a time, slowly but surely. And when, so an example of this is there are writers who write a hundred or a thousand words every day. Every day of their life, seven days a week, they wake up, they write 500 words, and then at some point they've got a finished book. I am not that kind, I'm not a scalpel. I am a meat cleaver. I want to get seven days and write as hard as I can, as fast as I can for a short period of time, that's awful. I, I wanna do it all intense and hardcore and get it done. This is not necessarily healthy for your body, but I am telling you, this is how I work best. So the reason I bring that up is because, A, you need to know, do you do a little bit at a time? Dave Hollis, he does a little bit at a time. He likes 500 words a day, at the end he has a book. Mama likes to write a book in two weeks and it's garbage and it's awful, but it's done. That's how I work best. So you have to ask yourself, how do you produce the best? And the easiest way to think of this is what are times in your life where you were like, holy crap, I actually pulled it off. I got it done. I did the thing. Were you a scalpel? Were you a cleaver? Because as we think through how this maps out in our calendar, we need to know what's going to be best for us. So. <clears throat> Starting with a roadmap. If you don't know what I'm talking about with roadmap, you need to read Girl Stop Apologizing. Feels weird that you haven't yet. I'm gonna be honest. Um, you can grab it at your local library for free, but I talk all about the roadmap and how you achieve each step along the way. Um, so I thought I would show you how I break this down with a, like the goal that I'm going to achieve. I'm about to pull a cleaver. Is anyone here a scalpel? 
Okay, so when I'm gonna do my cleaver, and then we're gonna do you as a scalpel, okay? So get your heart ready. Don't be afraid. Okay. I'm a cleaver with a two-year-old. <laughs> I am too. I, yes, but, but I'm glad you said that. So she said, I'm a cleaver with a two-year-old. How does that work? I actually prefer this because I'm a mom, because I would rather have one hardcore crazy week where I'm getting it all done, then, then every single day be absent from where they are. Does that make sense? Uh, so I'm gonna show you my crazy thing. And then you guys are gonna watch this in real time. You watch me do this. So we climbed the mountain this weekend. I was like, I wanna make a decision while I'm still in this state. I feel so powerful. What's gonna be my thing? I need to really focus on what I wanna get done. And something I've talked about, if you're at Rise Dallas, you heard me talk about this. I'm writing a screenplay. I've had this idea for a movie for like four years. I've been, I've, I've been writing it in my head. In January, when I made the things I want to accomplish before the end of 2019, this movie's in my, and it's not, it's like, it's for me. This is not for the business. This is not from, this could be total garbage. This is my creative outlet for me. This is something I want to do for myself. Even if nothing comes out of it, I just, I promised myself that I would, and I do not make promises to myself. So I'm like, uh-oh, four months. This is almost the end of the year. I got to get this done. And, and what I have been doing for the last two months is a little bit here, a little bit there, and I hate it. And what I remembered when we were, I was like, I, that's not how I work. How I work is hardcore, all the things. So the reason I'm telling you that is I will have a finished screenplay by next Friday. So it's a week and a half. I have 10 pages done. <laughs> Watch me work, okay? Let me explain. So on your page five, let me show you how this goes. This goes one, you have to define the goal. So I want you to write down on that one, define your goal. What's the thing that you wanna do? And if you don't know for sure right now, just make something up just so you can practice. So for me, finished screenplay. See, everyone thinks I'm crazy, but this is literally how I've written every single book. Every book you've ever, ever read by me was essentially written in like three weeks three of the most miserable, awful, terrible weeks you've ever encountered, but that's how it works. Okay, the second thing that you, oh, I forgot the most important. By, I think the, I think Friday is nine six, okay? So the second thing that you have to do is to break that down into actionable steps. So here's how it looks for me. Nine days of writing is what I have available by nine six. Hopefully I did that math right, okay. So how I thought of that, am I doing that, anyone on a calendar? Pretend it's right, okay? So how I broke this down was if I have nine days, then I've got seven days of writing plus two days of edits. Because you've gotta get this granular with what it is you're trying to do. The second thing that I need to do is to create mile markers, which again, this is all in the book if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about. So for me, my mile markers are how do I break down the amount of things that I need to write into the days that I have to write them in. This is how Cleaver does it. We're gonna get to you in a minute. Okay, so how this looks in a screenplay is 14 pages per day. Um, which does not seem like a lot, but it's not like a book. Writing 14 pages of screenplay is actually 
insane per day. Um, and then what I also wanted you to know is you could even get this specific, you could break this into hours if you have a goal that you're trying to achieve. So I could say, well, if I have to write 14 pages, then I need to make sure that I've got two pages done by 10 a.m. And I gotta have two more pages done by 11 a.m. And I gotta, do you, do you see what I'm saying? When I write books, I get that crazy. I'm like, I have to do 8,000 words today. So I gotta break 8,000 words down into 12 hours. You could do, oh, thanks, that came back, Cameron. Um, so you could break it down into hours. And then, this is important, when you are creating your roadmap for how to achieve the, your goal, you also need to know, I hate the word distraction, but I can't think of another one right now. So what's gonna distract you from this cleaver style, all in, go crazy, get it done? So the one thing that I know that I have coming up is my son's birthday party this weekend. So I have already mapped out the fact that I have got to be present. I'm excited. I got to show up. There is no way that I would not be there for that. But that means that that morning when I have a birthday party, I'm going to have to get up extra early on Saturday morning to make up the difference of the time that I need to be writing. Okay. So I know this is about something really specific, but you can see how I like cleavered it. How do you draw a cleaver? <laughs> or axe. <laughs> this is how I cleavered the roadmap that I was doing there. And you watch. You watch. I will do it. I'm going to put it on social. I, this is my last thing that I have to do for Hollis Co. This coaching today. And then starting tomorrow, I'm going to look like a monster. I'm going to write nonstop. And you're going to watch me do it. We get too comfortable. We get too comfortable, right? Like I have gotten super comfortable, which is, which is crazy because I know I also push myself harder than a lot of people. But I also know that I can do more than I'm currently doing. And I also know that I, what is my value? My value, the most important thing, the thing that lights my heart on fire is writing. That The crazy thing about writing is I never wanted it to be my job. I always wanted it to be my hobby. And so whatever this looks like for you, maybe the thing you need to be productive on this season is something that sparks joy, is something that makes you happy. It's something you're like, man, I've been working like a dog. And if I spent the last four months of this year doing something that made me feel strong and beautiful, if I took tap dancing lessons or I learned to ride a horse or I learned to bake a scone, I don't know. It doesn't always have to be the million dollars. There are some seasons when you just need to do something for your heart. Okay, that being said, let's talk about scalpel. Okay, <laughs> tell me what your business is. Um, in the creation process of um, postpartum fitness. Postpartum so, fitness, okay, yeah, great. So not just solely about fitness though, it's also all about the emotional healing as well as the physical healing. Great. So what I have here is finished my eight week program. I already have the fitness side of it done, mm -hmm. creating the emotional aspect, attaching with the physical aspect. So working on that. So this is a program, like a digital course? Eventually. Okay. I, I want to start in person first, just hearing Great. the words of moms and working with them one-on-one -on -one to eventually develop the online program. Great. Okay. So what, so you are developing the program mm -hmm. that you are then going to sell to yes. an individual that you're going to coach. Yes. Okay. Is there, let's pretend that none of this is here. Just if I was like your business coach or a meeting for coffee right now, okay. have you considered that the emotional component will change based on the woman that you're speaking to? So it might be you putting effort into something that you don't necessarily end up 
using, like I'm just thinking of when I was a wedding planner, I never submitted the same proposal twice because every bride was so different. So I wonder if, because what I think about in, in business is what you, what you need to do. Do you have clients yet? No. Okay, great. So what you need to do is what do I need to get some paying clients? Mm -hmm. That's like, that to me is more important than the course that you're creating because that might change. So, because if you can identify the end goal and get super hard about how do I get those clients, that's going to reveal a results list that you need in a way that you don't need the course to sell. So, um, I'm going to, we do this at, okay, we, uh, this is from Girl Stop Apologizing, but this actually will totally help you get productivity. If you've never seen me do it, we're going to do it right now. Remind me of your name? Gabrielle. Gabrielle. Okay. So, Gabrielle, we're going to make an idea soup. Okay, we're gonna make an idea soup. So tell me, and the idea with an idea, the idea with an idea soup is that you are brainstorming everything that you can think of that will get you to paying clients. You can figure out all the rest. You can figure out your social, you can figure out your business card, your website, but what do you actually need to, so just everything, brain dump on me. Everything you can think of right now that you need in order to get a paying client. Let's all help her. Let's help her. Let's try. I'm just going to write social. Yeah. I mean, email list. Email. No wrong answers here. Guys at home. Website. Having the, I mean, at least having the fitness portion done, completed that they have something to do. Okay. So fitness content. That's great. Um, what else guys at home? Give me some ideas. What else do you need to get a client? Networking. 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 Yeah, like speaking, getting yeah, in speaking front of people. Speaking engagements. Speaking. Um, uh, I would say that you need someone that they can talk to who has worked with you before. So when I was an event planner, you need testimonials. Coaching. Coaching. Sleep. <laughs> um, so let's see. To get to get paying customers, you need examples of your work or something that you can show. Like I'm thinking of back when I was an event planner, I had to be able to show them like, here's what a tablescape would look like. Here's mm-hmm. pictures of an event that I've done. Yeah. So you need testimonials, but then you also need like a before and after or something that shows the results that you had before. Um, you need referrals, <laughs> see if you get any advertising. Does she need anything to do with financials? Like the bank account it's going to go into or taxes or something. You, I mean, that's the kind of thing you can totally, yes, watch. We'll do, we'll add it. Thank you. And then I'll show you how this works. Anything else? I don't want you to be overwhelmed because what I'm about to show you is that you actually don't need all the things that you think you need. Um, So do you need credentials, someone said, right? Um, Demographic, friend referrals, put flyers up at the gym, flyers up at the pediatrician's office. I love this, Julianne. I thought the same thing. Um, Connections to hospitals, midwives, OBGYN. So here's all kinds of ideas, right? So this is how she is going. She probably needs some clients. She wants to make money, right? Mm -hmm. There's all these sort of things. Um, We talked about social, referral. Okay, great. And you could do this and this could go on for ages, but here's how you narrow down a soup. This is how you create a roadmap. What are the three things, Gabrielle, that you absolutely have to have 
in order to make money off clients. Okay. Like to make some money, you're gonna make money in the last four months of this year, even if it's one client, $200, what do you actually have to have in place? From this idea soup? Yeah. Um, I mean, networking, like speaking to people. Like yeah. Talking to them. So, so to me, Clients. I would think it's like, <laughs> so uh, here's my idea. You can tell me if you think. So I think the content you're gonna sell them you need the content that you're gonna sell them, right? Mm -hmm. I think that you need testimonials or refer, like these two things kind of go hand in hand to me. Mm -hmm. You need someone that they can talk to that says, yes, Gabrielle is incredible, mm -hmm. right? And then I think that you need a place where people can go to see your work. Is that a website? Honestly, the, the easiest thing to me in the world would be to create an Instagram account because that's where most moms are anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and you could do it yourself. You don't have to hire anybody, but you need some kind of presence. So for you, is that social or is that a website? Social. Okay, great, perfect. So you need a thing to sell them, you need people to tell them that you are not crazy and that you do good work and you need a place that she can go creep on you and see what you're all about and get your ideas, okay? So keep keep those in mind, guys. Okay. And we're gonna take our idea soup and we're gonna turn it into a roadmap that gets us to the result that we are looking for. So this is where we are and this is where we wanna go. Making that money though. Okay, great. Now we had our three things. We had content, we had social, and then we had referrals. referrals, but testimonials to me is like the thing because you could get clients from a lot of places. But I think if I'm gonna hire you to work in that capacity, it would come because one of my friends told me that you were the person to talk to. So we're gonna say testimonials, the social, and the content. Of those three things, we're gonna start here at the end. What is the last thing that happens right before you start to make some money? Of those three things, testimonials. The last thing? The last thing that you would need, content. I would say testimonial. Yeah, so content, testimonial, and social, right? So testimonial, okay, so this is mile three we always make, break it down into three miles mm -hmm. just because it's cute words not because it actually matters you would call that literally anything second mile what's the thing that would happen right before you get a testimonial um from the three things i would say fitness content social <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i would say that it's your social presence okay because the content that you create is what you put here. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And this, mile one, is your content. So, starting with your content, which you already have. You've already got your fitness piece in place, right? It's finished. Mm -hmm. And so tell me what that looks like. What does that mean? It's an eight week course for anyone as early as two weeks postpartum. It's really the first thing postpartum, just helping women um, with posture, core, pelvic floor healing, all the things, and just letting them know that it's okay to be where they're at right now. But yeah, that's the main fitness part. So is there, and you're imagining that you would sell emotional and fitness together? It would just, yeah, it would be one one package, but mm -hmm. there's, yeah, the fitness element coupled with the emotional element. 
So the reason that I ask is I think that you could be at this step already using the fitness con the content that you have, mm -hmm. because what I don't want you to do is spend, I'm, I'm assuming that creating that content took you a long time. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what I don't want you to do is spend the rest of the year creating the emotional component, which is something that you could add in later. Or yeah. frankly, most of the things we've added are, are a result of what the audience has told us that they wanted to hear from us. So you may do it and then you'll hear someone say, okay, you know, I did this and I loved it, but my sister has a two-year-old and she's never really, and but it doesn't apply to her because she's not directly postpartum. Do you think you could do one that's for toddlers? Mm -hmm. So you could potentially spend all your time creating whole new content that she didn't ask for yeah. and then have to recreate it anyway. Yeah. So I would start with the content that you're at and get to the social piece. You have Instagram already I do. and you're like creating, you're putting the stuff out there. You're telling them what you're all about. Um, just <laughs> yeah. So the, what I would tell you is to start making to make some money before the end of this year, which is an incredible goal. Mm -hmm. You need to be posting five times a day on that Instagram. Oh gosh. Uh-huh. Okay. Totally. Look, this is what Cece and I do all day, right? Yeah. Did you have a question? Yeah. So when you say that posting five <laughs> times a day, are you meaning actually static posts or in your stories? Or like yes. because you know, like, oh you're kind of posting. I post all the time and people said I'm crackish. And like depends <laughs> on what you're posting. So yeah. we could post five times a day, but it won't be the same kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe okay. one's a picture of me, one's a quote that we thought you might like, one's a video piece. So the 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 genre, the genre and that's not the right word, the format yeah, okay. of what I'm posting changes. Okay. And here's the difference. Here's how it doesn't feel crackheadish. Everything that we're posting <laughs> is supposed to be for you. Yeah. Everything. Oh, they just say they just constantly see me on their um, timeline, like on their their feed. That, so like if they it, always see, always see. It's me. because then they're liking your stuff um, or they're slowing okay. down over your stuff because how the algorithm works on social is it's only showing you stuff that you pay attention to. Oh, so okay. yeah. So it's like, if you guys are seeing me, yeah. <laughs> The, okay. the reality is that most of the time on social, your people are seeing like 3% of your followers see your posts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So as long as you're changing up what the content is, and as long as it's in service to the community, it's just things for her. It's not about yourself. They don't complain. And if they do, it's like, get out, Pam, get out of here. We don't, we don't have time for this <laughs> attitude, right? Yeah. Because the reason I say five times is because you need to make your presence known mm -hmm. and you need to let them know that you're here. And I am not, by the way, this is not five times a day where you're talking about your business. Yeah. This is five times a day where you are offering wisdom and advice that establishes you as an expert. Yeah. And then people are like, oh wait, you have a thing? Like every fifth or sixth post is you show something that references the, the course that you created or the work that you did on your own postpartum body or you worked with a friend or whatever. You have to get real creative about how you're showing up. Mm -hmm. But that is the thing, like establishing yourself as an expert, using appropriate hashtags, collabing with other people in your industry, going hard here yeah. is how you get here. The last thing I would say for testimonials, these two you could truly be working on simultaneously mm -hmm. is I would find six moms and say, I want to guide you through this. I'm going to coach yeah. you for free yep. because mm -hmm. all I'm looking for is the results, but set yourself up for success. Choose six moms that actually want to change. Yeah.
because yeah. just finding six postpartum moms and then you're like crying in a corner because there were no <laughs> results and now you think that you're remember focus on what you want it to be what i want it to be our our like clients who had a great experience with me we saw some real change emotionally or physically for them yeah. that they now i have these great testimonials yeah all right mm -hmm. You got this. Thank you. Every, but see, you're not going to do how this looks like scalpel versus yeah. hatchet or whatever it is I called myself. Weird. It changes the weapon changes every time. Sledgehammer, jackhammer. Uh, how this looks is, are you working on this full time? Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. What does that mean? I mean, I am a pure bar instructor as well. So yeah. I am splitting time between other great things. So we're going to get to hours and when you focus on them, but yeah. what this looks like for me as a scalpel is you say, this is how much time I can devote to this every single week. Mm -hmm. And you treat that as sacred and you do not mess with it. And yeah. no matter what, you are going to chip away at your mile marker. You're going to chip away at that social presence. Talk about batch work. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some stuff that's gonna help you. But every single day that you're working on this, you committed to those hours, and you've got to be effective when you actually have the time to go. Yeah. Cool. All right. So if you didn't do that while I was talking for so long, um, <laughs> please make sure that you go through and just define the goal, break the goal down into actionable items, and then create your mile markers. So what you just saw me do was create mile markers for her. This is the vibe that we're going for. So the last thing I'm going to ask you to do on page five is... Again, we talked about distractions, but what is going to throw you off? I wrote, so for me, for this thing that I'm about to do, I'm about to go super hardcore, riding crazy for the next week and a half, stress is gonna throw me off, getting tired is gonna throw me off, my kids are gonna throw me off, nutrition, I say that because in the past, when I would do this to write a book, it's a very emotional process. You're tired when you're working on your business like this. Um, I would feed myself horribly as a way like, oh, if you get this word count, then you get to go get like a chalupa and a nacho bel grande, <laughs> right? I would like give myself a carrot to dangle that was some like awful food choice for me, which then made me feel like literally physically made me feel like garbage. And now I'm even getting more and more like less energy, less, so paying attention to what has thrown you off in the past. And then the last thing I wrote, cause this is real for me is what's gonna throw me off is thinking that the thing I'm creating is garbage. Cause as a creator, I tend to, I second guess everything. And I'm like, oh, this is the worst. Why am I even trying? This is so embarrassing. And knowing in advance that that's gonna pop up means that when it happens, I can be like, nope, we're not even gonna do that, dude write a garbage thing, just get the most awful first draft in the world, just have the crappiest Instagram. Cause you notice, I didn't tell you to have beautiful Jasmine star, Jenna Kutcher style Instagram. I said five posts a day that serve your audience. Mm -hmm. I didn't even say they had to be pretty. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. We're obsessed right now. If you look at my Instagram right now, it looks like a dumpster fire. <laughs> it's so ugly, but our focus, it is, it's hideous. I know, Cece knows, we know it's ugly. It is. It is. <laughs> It's so ugly, but here's the thing. We made a decision, we're, we're gonna get to pretty, but our most important value on social is creating content for you guys. Giving you wisdom, giving you insight. We hear over and over and over how many people go on there to find some motivation, to have me preach to them. They want, the, I'm creating what you guys are asking for. 
And I had to choose, do I want to do one post a week and have it be beautiful and perfectly curated or is it better to just give you the information? And so I'm choosing to give you the information because it's about you, it's not about my ego. Now eventually, we're gonna get back to pretty. But in the meantime, just know that the content that is there, our only intention is to just serve, serve, serve the community. So be mindful that I didn't say beautiful Instagram. I said an Instagram in service to her and what she needs that establishes you as an expert five times a day. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. Finding your productive groove. I want you to think about what sets you up for productivity. Maybe for you, it's an intense deadline. Maybe for you, those people who identified with the idea that vacation, you know, going on vacation, and all of a sudden you got all the things done, that was really effective for you. Maybe for you, it's a certain place, a certain sound. Think of a time in your career where you were super productive, where you got a ton done, and then go through this page. Where were you located? Like for me, some of my most productive time is on airplanes. There's no Wi-Fi. There is, but choose not to get it. There's no Wi-Fi. There's like the ambient sound, like it's super loud. It kind of like gives me energy. There's other people around. I'm in my own little space. So where were you located? What did you eat? I know this sounds maybe silly. A lot of people don't think like, oh, what did I, if you go have a Thanksgiving dinner, right before you're trying to be super productive, or you go have a, you know, a big dinner, a big lunch, you eat something heavy, you probably weren't that productive or effective or energetic. So go through this. What did you drink? What were you wearing? Okay. I made a decision several years ago that I would never ever teach again in shoes with a heel of any kind. I'm pretty rare in the specific industry that I'm in, in that most women are like, they're wearing like a pantsuit on stage, but I physically, I, I'm so awkward. There's, I can't, I can't do it. Like, this is what, oh, oh, why didn't I do this? This is what's happening today. I have to wear flat shoes. I have to wear comfy pants. I have to wear a t-shirt. I just, I can't. So you need to know for some, like if I'm working at the house, I'm in yoga pants. I'm not washing my face. I, you're lucky if I put deodorant on, I am not getting cute because that's not the point. So do you know what it was that you did that helps you to be productive? And the last thing, and this is important, what time of day are you most productive? What time of day? The Rachel Hollis podcast is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. Our show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited by Andrew Weller with additional production support by Sterling Coates. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is a 3% chance production.